0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Coffee Connections. My name is Seth Weiner, and I am your rock Uh Yes, another day, another week, and it is Hanukkah, so happy Hanukkah to those celebrating. I'm feeling the Hanukkah spirit. Is that a thing, Hanukkah spirit? I mean, you know, I could say I'm feeling lit up, but then that would just... You would be wondering what's in my mug, and it's tea today. It's tea. It's not... Not coffee, but I'll get there later. Uh, I want a quick reminder. um, Thursday, we're doing a big spinning wheel. Uh, Every guest that we've had on our show to date, uh, plus our final guest of the uh, uh, season, will um, be on a wheel. And we're going to give away a prize. It's going to be an HGA travel package that the winner, the organization, will be able to use in their next fundraiser. So we're giving away money, folks, in a weird way because it's on a wheel and it's all virtual. But some organization is going to get this prize and be able to use it to raise money on their own. Okay, so uh, let's talk about today's show, shall we? Let's jump right into it. Uh, Today, we've got a great guest. His name is Bradley Cook uh, with Career Up Now. Now, what is Career Up Now? Let me start by saying Career Up Now's mission is to empower Jewish emerging professionals to advance in their careers while incorporating Jewish values into their lives through innovative networking and education opportunities with jewish industry leaders uh bradley Carroll cook is the executive director of career up now he is a s- uh, seasoned social entrepreneur and jewish educator living in uh, he's living in las vegas right now uh, dr cook has extensive experience in running meaningful immersive experiences and educational programs for millennials uh he's he's done so much, uh, and he'll tell you all about it, but he also has his heart near and dear to Atlanta. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to our show, Bradley Cook.
1: Hey there, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man, my pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, coffee Connections, are you a coffee drinker? Oh, look at that, he's got I'm, a coffee mug.
1: I'm incredibly passionate about coffee, but not for the same reasons, I think, than, as most people.
0: Hmm. All right. Do tell.
1: So, so on two sides, uh, I, I made Aliyah in 2012 from Atlanta and lived in Israel for a number of years and also went to high school there. And coffee is at the core of Israeli culture going back to the times that the plans were being made to fight against the British to even claim Israel uh, as, a, as a homeland. So I've got my uh, Israeli mug of Roma here. And so that's uh, the impact of coffee on Israeli culture and Israel is like a major passion point for me. And then the other area that's a super passion point is saying what's happening to all of the coffee waste and what's being done with that and how is that impacting and wh- what can we use food waste? And with Coffee Ground specifically, um, one of my uh, career up now, young entrepreneurs introduced me to this concept of a circular economy. It's actually working on creating some of the first products out of coffee beans so for the Israel side and also for the environmental side I'm uh, super excited about coffee and I like the flavor so (laughs) by the way
0: that's good so wait a second though you say Israel and coffee and now if I think of Israeli coffee I think Turkish coffee so Uh, Turkish coffee
1: that's where it started off I mean definitely the the Bedouin influence uh, from from that area led the ground the deep ground coffee and it's, it's you know people in israel when they were they were learning in school or in college it was the the turkish coffee was the adderall of uh of of university students for many many years
0: oh my gosh i mean even in america that that's we would we would we would go to uh international house of food and uh, have our <sighs> turkish coffee um and then the reusing of a uh, coffee i mean i was i hear i thought what you were going to say and then the uh the the used grounds can be used uh, to make some sort of power or something.
1: That's interesting. So Aaron Feigelman, he has a project called the Kawa Project, and he's actually being mentored by a pretty big guy in the coffee uh, industry in Atlanta. Uh, So he said he's a a chemical and industrial engineer, uh, and he said, how might we take the coffee grounds themselves and collect them from the coffee shops and make uh, beauty products out of them? Soap, moisturizers, but actually taking uh, taking it down to its very oil essence, so that there's mm-hmm. no scent or flavor or anything else with it, and being able to turn that into products that are usable. I
0: would I I would use a uh, coffee scented soap. I would definitely do that.
1: You know, Wakes I mean, you up.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just there you go. Folgers in the shower. <laughs> um, as long well, as it's not cool.
1: Turkish coffee in the shower.
0: Uh, I really do. I I, I had we used to make Turkish coffee at um, in our house in college. And I swear to you, it was so strong. I mean, it was like, yeah, it's just bringing back memories. (laughs) Well, um, let me uh, hand the mic over to you. And can you tell everyone up? tell everyone about career up now and anything else you, because you've got a lot going on, but I mean, before you even, before you give the mic to you, I want to, I want to say this guy's got a lot going on. He just wrote a book. He's got a podcast. So he, this is known. This is territory. He's very familiar and comfortable in, uh, but, and, and you're an innovator in so many ways. Uh, you have career up now, but you've, you've inspired so many others and you have a, a fascinating story of um, your lineage. So there's just so much to get into. I'm going to go ahead and hand the mic to you.
1: Gosh, it's like a, it's like a, a dog on linoleum. There's a lot of movement, but hopefully, it ends up going somewhere. So uh, about career up now, we uh, we create immersive experiences and communities. Uh, for emerging professionals to connect with industry leaders. And we do it through what we call personal, professional and soulful connections. So individuals are able to connect with each other and we actually do it through not only coming together in person or right now during the pandemic, it's on Zoom or other platforms, but they engage in meaningful conversations instead of just conversation of like, hey, what do you do and how can you help me and who can you connect me with? It's more about connecting on a soulful level and in a community of reciprocity where it's what can I do for you? What can you do for me? And how can we do things together uh, to make the world a better place all through that professional lens? So uh, it's exciting to see it started off as an idea. Uh, it actually started off at, um, in Israel as a, as a birthright extension program. It was one of the first ones. And then it was acquired by Hillel, specifically University of Florida's Hillel, with the idea that we could make these connections here in the U.S. And we had a runway of three years to either make it successful or shut it down. And fortunately, uh, three years in, we said we'd be successful, and now we're in year five. So we're, we're running on our own. So it's a pretty uh, pretty cool space. And it, it, it's my childhood dream. And you know, most people say, like, what do you want to be? When you're when you're a kid or what do you want to be when you grow up? Some people say doctors, attorneys, you know, our, our community. And I was always like, I just want to meet interesting people and mm-hmm. talk to them. And uh, I don't even know if that's a job, but I mean, I guess it is in this.
0: Well, I mean, in a way, that's be, that's became a job for we're very fortunate in our generation that that has become an opportunity for us to, you know, it really has. Well, that's, that's great, though. So uh, you said university. I'm a Florida State alumni, but I will give University of Florida credit. Their Hillel was top notch. Great rabbi there. Great program director. Um, I had a lot of fun with them when we did. Uh, I was on the first birthright. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that ages me or what, but <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I was freshly back from Israel and I got to go on birthright. So story for another time. Um, so that, that makes sense so that you tied it in. But Talk a little bit more, though. Uh, uh, career Up, you said it's not just networking, but has this connection to Jewish values. Can you talk a little bit more about how you implement that?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I wrote a curriculum uh, on called 48 Sensibilities for Professional Success. It's based on a, a mishnah in Perkei Avot, that there's 48 ways to acquire wisdom. And so these 48 different ways are really ways that people connect to each other now, but it's the idea that this was wisdom that was given over to Moses on Mount Sinai. So it's things like having gratitude, humility, constantly learning, uh, appreciating others, citing your sources, giving praise, uh, accepting praise, these different things that help us acquire wisdom. And most of the time we just look at them as how to be a good person or a smart person, but it actually helps us connect with individuals uh, on a on a meaningful level in order to to gain wisdom from them and also to impart wisdom unto others
0: interesting yeah that make i mean that's the it's, i just think it's like uh you know the you go into like an oil change you know, the forty eight steps you know like forty eight point uh, you know program there but but what i like what you said though that resonates the most is that it's not just telling you what uh you know what to get but what what to give as well. Uh, and that it's a that to to learn is really a two way thing because at the same time the mentors on the other side they're learning. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it in the beginning of the program here how um, you know one the uh, with the coffee et cetera, and and the innovative um, programming there. So yeah, that's uh it, you started this how many years ago? You said it was six years, was it?
1: So originally it started in Israel in 2012, based upon the simple Mishnah that says, who is wise, one who learns from everyone. And there's a, a commentary on it. It's about 400-year-old commentary that says uh, that says this isn't just like wise, like going back and forth, uh, just like sharing wisdom, but it's also sharing one's soul with others, being vulnerable and having not just that high level, but opening oneself up to others so creating an environment where that can be done has always been a passion area so I created that in 2012 came to the united states in 2014 and uh just been going since then
0: and this is a program that is for jewish individuals or is, or is it open for everyone
1: it's interesting so since it's jewish values that guide our um are learning, it's uh, it's open to everyone as long as they're okay hanging with the Jews, uh, w- which is actually really fascinating because when we first started it, um, I've always been, uh, everything that I do is very much an open tent, uh, but where we really are good at um, getting Jewish uh, young adults involved that are not connected with Jewish life at all, who uh, are maybe even Uh, don't even necessarily see themselves as Jewish, but they they see themselves as having Jewish ancestry. And one of the things that's really turned off a lot of these young adults is actually the, the Jewish community itself. Like maybe they didn't get along with others at camp or they were just never involved and they always felt like Jewish society or culture was very judgy. Um, or didn't welcome in their friends. So what we found is by welcoming in individuals of all backgrounds, religions, races, uh, the entire nine yards and creating that safe space, we're actually able to engage more young adults who would never connect with the Jewish community otherwise.
0: And then with the programming, you also have some program that's specific just for women.
1: Yeah. Good call. So we have a a few different programs. One of our cornerstone programs is uh, our women of wisdom. And it's actually a really interesting story about how it came about most professional organizations. And when we first launched career up now, uh, it recruited a lot of guys. Uh, I think our first career up now event at UCLA was, I think that we had two women and 40 men in that cohort. And I said, gosh, you know, there's, there's something wrong here when there's not a balance, when there's not gender equity and there's not a gender balance. And so I asked the question, how might we change that? Uh, so when we launched the program in Atlanta, um, I had the conversation with the, the students who were getting involved in the task force and so the ones that designed it. And I said, a major push, a major goal of us is going to have a 50-50 at least men and women involved, and how can we create something that's really going to resonate with the young women? And we're not having a problem, trouble getting the young men involved. So so how can we do that to create that space? And actually, uh, the program that we did with Emory's Hillow was the first completely gender neutral uh, and had gender equality. It was actually a couple more women than men. And we took that model that we did in, uh, in Atlanta and then said, we actually should do even more uh, to advance the lives of young Jewish women and their careers, and so we created a whole program out of it. That now it's in it's in seven cities. So I'm really happy to see those communities creating and developing.
0: And with the students to or to to bring in the youth to to get involved here, how do you find them, or how do they find you? Yeah,
1: so uh it's interesting because we have a process that I call growth hacking for Jewish engagement so we ask the question where might Jews be you know hanging out at the water cooler virtually speaking and other spaces and how can we make uh, that space meaningful for them to get involved with our space so we were very active on LinkedIn uh, and which is a pro- which is of course a professional platform uh, and just by based on how people, uh, what their backgrounds are, what they put on their resume and those different pieces, we're able to engage in conversations with them and say like, hey, like, do you need help with this? Are you looking for mentors? Or And most of the time we get really positive responses. And that's the way that we are able to um, bring a lot of young people in. And then it becomes uh, a matter of word of mouth. Uh, as well, when we work with Hillel's or college campuses, they see this as an opportunity to engage people who otherwise would never step foot into a hillel or jewish uh building on campus and mm-hmm. what hillel find is that a lot of the people that end up turning out to our programs uh, and joining our community they've never seen before so nice. it's a it's a really unique way through a career to to bring to bring individuals and to to make judaism meaningful for them
0: uh, that was uh definitely the way it was in my hillel i remember that now looking at your events um, uh, this here, this is interesting. So this is actually tonight. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about the quest for the lost flame. It's an ex- a virtual escape room. I, I as I say it,
1: Yeah, so it actually goes back to our coffee conversation. Uh, Although drinking coffee at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time is not maybe the most advisable thing if you're in Atlanta. Uh, But the idea that we're looking at right now is Zooms. There's this idea of Zoom fatigue. People are just done with Zooms. Um, And the question is, number one, like, how can we create something if it is on Zoom that's very different? And interactive in such a way it brings in uh, Zoom joy and Zoom uh, Zoom uh, exuberation, let's say, exuberation. into the uh, into the experience, and or just not doing it on Zoom. So this one tonight, which I'm super excited about, uh, it's it has a tour guide slash Jewish educator, and we're going into different places throughout Jerusalem with riddles to solve uh, related to. Jewish wisdom and finding the different uh, finding the different objects or tasks, and there's teams so they're that are broken off into their own breakout rooms that are provided these riddles that provide them more information or historical information about Israel or deeper information into uh, into Jewish wisdom or those pieces. all while getting a taste of Israel. And it's especially interesting because many of the people, many of the young adults that signed up for it have never been to Israel before. Many of them were planning on going on birthright this year, but that isn't exactly working out and (laughs) who knows when it will.
0: So they were planning on going birthright, but now they have to wait for honeymoon in Israel. (laughs) There
1: you go. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully, hopefully.
0: Uh, but I mean, listen, I'm waiting for Divorce Israel. That's uh, not to Divorce Israel, but the program, you know, be, just throwing it out there, just throwing it out there. I did Honeymoon Israel as a birthright. That's just the, the natural next in the selection there. Uh, so this sounds interesting, though. And, and how many, you have a good number of people pre-registered?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have we have a, a decent number. I think we're at like 35 right now that are registered for the event. We only have um, We only have 40 spaces. And so oh, cool. it's, yeah, uh, you
0: have to limit those things doing these virtual events. I know that if you if you open it, if you have too many people, you lose you lose so much. So, yeah, I think like that 3040 cap is good to do breakout rooms and, and still give people a chance. Otherwise, you get people like us in the room and no one gets a chance to talk.
1: <laughs> totally, totally. and it, And it's sweet because during this enrollment process, we had both like students that were like, oh, I want to do this with my mom, or I want to do this Mm. with my brother, who's on the other side of the country. Can we be on a team together? I was like, absolutely. And and it's gone both ways. Like Our mentors have done the same thing. They signed their kids up for it. Our uh, students have uh, signed their parents up for it. So it's really in a a surprising way, strengthening a community and relationships that I, I didn't expect to find.
0: Oh, that's well, that's uh the that's the hidden gems and the lost flames flames, not yeah. flames. <laughs> <That's- Yeah. laughs> um so. well, we talked you talked about how you get your young adults involved in these, but how do you find your mentors?
1: Again, on on LinkedIn and word of mouth. I mean it's uh it's it's a little it's a little wild, but I mean we just direct message people and say hey, we have this mentorship program in Atlanta. We'd love to speak with you about for 15 minutes based upon your previous experience. We think you'd be a great mentor. And we get about 25% of people that respond positively and say, yeah, I'd love to get involved with that. We have that's a conversation great. with them. They sign
0: up, you know. You got Janet. Invite them. Let's not forget Janet, right? Yeah. But that's, uh, <laughs> uh, that's So for those watching or listening, Janet is, uh, I guess, your virtual assistant on your... Uh, LinkedIn or whatnot.
1: You're giving away all my secrets.
0: Well, it's coffee talk, you know. Uh... So, hey, speaking of secrets, if you want to hear more of his secrets, I suggest reading his new book, Choosing Judaism, 36 Stories. What's, uh, what's the deal with the book?
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate you asking. So I came up with the idea for creating this compilation of stories, 36 of them, because the word convert, uh, ger, Is in the torah 36 times and there's a major there's a a big cultural uh misunderstanding and prejudice towards individuals who convert to judaism number one because there's the historical idea that you never identify a person like once they become jewish never call them out or anything else but there's this kind of like underground passive like oh they're converted. They're not really Jewish, um, and I feel like when people can share their stories and people can understand where they come, where others come from, that uh, that there's a deeper compassion uh, and empathy towards others. Uh, and at the same time, conversion curriculums are way outdated. There's not a book like ours yet that came out and told the story of so many individuals who have converted to Judaism. And uh, there's a mental health issue as well. Individuals Mm -hmm. who are converting to Judaism feel like they're at it alone. They're they're not Jewish. They're entering into a community. They don't realize that thousands of individuals have done this before. And having a place where they can go, because it's very similar. Although the stories aren't the same, the journeys are similar. And even Mm -hmm. the getting turned away three times is very similar. And and that sense of rejection. Yeah, yeah. So it's building that.
0: And it's interesting is that convert someone that converts to Judaism is probably more Jewish than someone who was born Jewish.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's sad. It's sad, but I mean they're they they chose it. Like we're just kinda, you know, we're born with it.
0: <laughs> Some are just snipped into it.
1: There you go. Absolutely. I mean it's funny. My uh I was I was in the I went to a Braves game and uh I I was going to the I was at the I was at the stall. And the guy next to me, he's like standing behind me, and he's like, "That's some of my best work." This is when I was a kid, and I ran out of the bathroom, and I was like, "Dad,
0: there's like so many stranger danger."
1: Um, and he was like, "He was like, Brad, you know that's your your was your Moil," and I was like, What's "That's moil? so funny,
0: yeah, creepy." Oh my God. that's that's really funny. I mean, I, I could understand you did the right thing, but oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine the other, the other people in the bathroom that are <laughs> like, "What's going on?" Um. All right. Well, hey, listen. Let's shift gears and talk about fundraising because it costs money to produce these um uh, these events. To you've got staff, you've got uh, the programming itself to put together. It's a lot of a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money. Where does Career Up get their money? Where what, do you, what tree do you shake?
1: Yeah. So so the first approach that we take is how can we do things for as little cost as possible with the most impact? Because one of the greatest ways to have money is spend less money. Uh, And that's something that we've really been dedicated to from the beginning. How can we incorporate technology? How can we, you know, outsource? How can we have, like, you met Janet. Uh, How can we do each of those things? So I would say that's, like, the piece number one. And then the second piece of it is how do we have to, how can we raise our money that, and it's still like a significant amount for our organization. It's not like millions of dollars. but uh, and and how can we run that efficiently? So the way that we've been successful so far is, Uh, through the connections that we make with individuals who are mentors in the career up now community, not necessarily them giving significant amounts, although there are individuals that do, Um, but more so they connect us with others that either have family foundations or are interested in these areas or connecting us with federations. And since our approach is get people involved, come to our events, mentor, and have that longer trajectory and experience, it becomes a very easy ask because people are already involved at the time that that we go to either their foundation or um, them as individuals. So it's we've never actually done we've never actually done a fundraising event before. Uh, it's just been all about relationships. One day, I mean, we got to get you we got to get a rock star the out there and right. and uh, and rock it.
0: <laughs> so what about Grant though? Is your, uh, and I I, I mean I, just uh, the the serendipity of the universe. When I first met you, we had a phone conversation and then at the end of the conversation, I just mentioned, just like, just briefly just mentioned like, oh yeah. And I've got this, uh, you know, Passover Seder. I'm going to do virtually. And you're like, oh, what's that about? And I tell you, I'm like, yeah, I just don't know if it's going to happen. You're like, what's the holdup? I go, well, money. And you're like, well, let's not make that a holdup. And two minutes later, you sent me an application for a grant and, and it went through. And I'm grateful for that because we were able to raise money for conscious alliance and help Put you know really open up the Passover door essentially and and share the love of food to so many, um and and so yeah I mean you're you're pretty much dialed in on when it comes to grants. Uh, so do you get a lot of grants for career up now? We you know we
1: get some. We definitely I would say that it's the majority of our budget, but they're um they're most they're all relationship based grants. Like they're they're all from uh, foundations that they have mm. to invite you to apply. And specifically the one that we got, it's really fascinating. It's the Schusterman Family Foundation that got us that uh, that grant. And I mean, it was significant for, uh, you said, you know, how much you need. And I said, I could probably get you like 4,500 bucks um, because they had uh, an offer out there for, for people that are in their, what's called the ROI community, which is a select group of social entrepreneurs that are making a change in Jewish life. And uh, they gave us this COVID emergency grant to create creative endeavors uh, in, order to, uh, in order to serve that population. And I said, what could be cooler than actually creating this, uh, this making, making it happen what you had described as far as having this jam band Sukkot Seder, or so, sorry, uh, Passover Seder that would reach so many people. And I was like, what an awesome opportunity. So I pitched Schusterman. And then uh, you gave me some information and they said yes which was killer uh, the broadcast was great of it I'd never seen anything quite like it before and we got a lot of good feedback so it's awesome
0: yeah no I very much appreciate it that was kind of fun though because that was like right at the beginning of that was before people were zoom fatigued and it was uh, before I were you know at that point I didn't think that this was gonna be my reality I didn't think I was gonna be this face was not made for you know TV, but now it's, I guess it's made for computers though, right? Or phones.
1: (laughs) It's better than someone saying to you, you got a a face for radio.
0: Oh, my mom said that to me. She always said, oh yeah, she goes, ever since I was born, she goes, you have such a lovely face for radio.
1: (laughs) There's a Jewish mama dig right there.
0: (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Jewish moms, you know, um, I I, when as a kid, uh, I'll never forget, uh, she ate all of my Hanukkah chocolate. Boy, did she feel guilty. Oh, 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 oh,
1: oh. That's great. That's great. You could spin that one in any way, really. Oh, you, you want spin to spin that oh. one like,
0: like a dreidel. Like a, oh, there it is. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, all right. Well, hey, listen, thanks so much for your time today. Before we go, um, two things. One, is there anything that we didn't talk about uh, that you want to share with everyone, uh, your podcast, anything else you want to share?
1: Yeah, if anyone's the executive director or has a nonprofit, either Jewish or not, any nonprofit, we have uh, something called the Growth Exponential podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and a few other channels. So if anyone that's uh, anyone that wants to get some attention to their podcast, we or to their nonprofit, we interview executive directors and also uh, definitely keep in mind. Uh, Career Up Now. And if anyone's interested in being a mentor or you have children or you are a young person that's uh, listening to this that wants to get some mentorship, we're, we're here to support you.
0: Awesome. And that's careerupnow.org, the website right there if you're watching. Uh, thank you so much for your time. We always end every program by asking our guests to recommend another guest that's uh, an Atlanta nonprofit innovator. Is there someone that you would like to recommend?
1: So I'm, I'm hesitant to recommend this person because I, I don't, I've not actually met him yet. We're supposed to be meeting on Monday. So I'm going to put myself out there on the limb. There's a new executive director, CEO of Hillel's of Georgia. And oh, uh, okay. yeah, I, I highly recommend. So I'm, I'll talk to him on Monday. Hopefully, hopefully that ends up being a big yes.
0: <laughs> Do me a favor. Ask him before you meet with him. Just, you know, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, well, awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, and I will definitely be keeping up with Career Up Now. And I suggest you all do as well. Uh, Careeropnow.org. Bradley, good luck with your book. Good luck with your podcast. Good luck with life. And um, thank you so much. Happy Hanukkah.
1: Cheers to see you.